Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. So our text is Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. It's the gospel lesson for this week of Epiphany. They, that is Jesus and his disciples, whom he had just called from the Sea of Galilee, fishermen, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit or an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, and he came out with a shriek. How's that? Pretty good, huh? The people were also amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So, you know, you can read over uh, a section of Scripture, you know, a hundred different times, and sometimes you just need a gathering of Christians around you, a small group, to help you see it in a new way. Uh, So, every week, uh, we have a small group. It's called our ministry growth team. There's about 14 of us around the table, and we always study the, the text that's coming up. And this past week, or a couple of weeks ago, as we were studying this text, somebody brought to my attention a word that I just always kind of passed over, and that word is us. You know, the, the impure spirit said, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And I had always thought that, that us was the impure spirit and all the other demons, you know, evil angels that were possessing this guy. Because in Mark chapter 5, just a few chapters later, when Jesus is interacting with somebody who is demon-possessed, uh, Jesus asks him, what, are your, what is your name? And, and the impure spirit, the evil spirit says, my name is Legion, for we are many. So you see, I had always thought of this us as all the impure spirits, the, 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 the demons that were controlling and possessing this guy, that they were speaking, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? But at the our small group, and that's the beauty of a small group, is you, you have other perspectives. Somebody asked about, well, who is the us? And we started talking, and I never thought about it. You know, the, the us could be the, the impure spirit and the man, you know, that the impure spirit is speaking for the man. And he is, you know, saying, you know, you have come to destroy us. Me, the, this, this demon, you've come to destroy me, but Jesus... You've also come to destroy this man that I'm possessing. But could it also be that what this impure spirit 
was doing was he was lying for the whole crowd, that he was in a sense stepping forward and, and becoming the spokesman for all, everybody in that synagogue, everybody who was in, in that, that worshiping location, right? What do you want to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? All of us? I mean, that's the lie that Satan wants every one of us to believe, right? That the Holy One of God, that's what the devil recognized in Jesus. Here is the Holy One of God. When the Holy One of God comes into our presence, there must only be one reason why he's coming. He must be coming to destroy us. And I realize that perhaps the best way for me to us includes me. That I hear the impure spirit speaking up for me and accusing God, have you come to destroy us? Me too. I know I'm not the only one. Mount Sinai. And it was four years earlier when the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, appeared up on Mount Sinai in fire and cloud and smoke, and he thundered forth the Ten Commandments. And the, what was the reaction of the people? They were terrified. He must have come to destroy us, which is crazy because this is the Lord God who had just a couple of months earlier parted the Red Sea and shown himself to be the Savior. But the natural reaction is when the Holy One appears before you, you go, you must come to destroy us. You must be coming to destroy me because I'm not holy enough to stand in your presence. That's the way the, the people of Moses' day responded. It's the way that a call into the full-time ministry. He sees the Lord of glory. And the servant appeared to me. And it's naturally that feeling when he here to destroy. For those of you who were here early for the, the communion service, this is the confession that we used. That we confess that we are by nature sinful. That, that we have this sinful nature. We may not be possessed by evil spirits like this man in the Capernaum synagogue, although that could be possible, right? The, the demons are still active yet to this day. But every one of us is possessed by this sinful nature. We, we confess it. And, and this sinful nature contaminates everything that we do and makes anything that we do unfit for the holy God. It's just not good enough. And we confessed. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity, right? When the Holy One of God steps into my presence, he has every reason to destroy me. But you know that's not where the communion service ends. That's not where our worship ends with a confession of sins. It goes on with an announcement of forgiveness. It goes on with our Savior speaking authoritatively through the pastor, be quiet. You see, the very first word that Jesus said 
to that man who was possessed by the evil spirit is be quiet. He wasn't talking to the man. He was talking to the impure spirit within him. He had the authority to silence that demon. And that's what I want us to claim today is that you have a savior, the God-man who steps into your life and who has the ability to cut through all the noise, all the, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you failed, you failed, you failed, to cut through all of that, to say, be quiet, because I've got the truth to share with my dear child. You see, he speaks in words of love to the possessed. Come out of him! Doesn't that sound loving? Did, did I get the right tone, you think? Come out of him! Love just oozes out, right? Well, you got to remember, who is Jesus talking to right there? You see, Jesus is making a distinction, right? He's making a distinction between the, the evil spirit who is controlling this guy and the man himself. Harsh words come out of him are addressed to that impure spirit. And when he says harsh words to that impure spirit, it is a message of love to the man. I see a distinction between that impure spirit and you. I have not come to redeem that impure spirit, but I have come to redeem you. And what was true of that man that day in the synagogue in Capernaum is true of every one of us. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 reveals there's this distinction that God sees and by the Holy Spirit we can recognize in ourselves. The Apostle Paul wrote, For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. It is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Do you recognize that, that the Apostle Paul is recognizing a distinction that God recognizes? There's this sinful nature within each one of us that, that in a sense, possesses us. But the real you and me in Christ is the part of us that wants to do God's will. The real you and me is, is the one that Jesus died for. You see, this is so important for us to understand. We tend to think that, that being human is sinful, that, that it's one and the same. You know, about 30 years ago when the new hymnal came out in 1993, there was a huge discussion within our church body because in the Nicene Creed that you just confessed, we confessed that Jesus is fully human. And people were going, no, 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 no. We cannot say that Jesus is fully human because you know, to err is human, to forgive divine, and Jesus didn't make any sins, or any mistakes, right? He didn't sin. And thankfully, clarity came through to us as a family of believers and said, no, 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 that's the best way to think about it. He became fully human. You see, Adam and Eve were fully human before they fell into sin. Jesus committed no sin, but he, he is fully human. And when you and I experience the resurrection of the body on the last day, and, and it's a spiritual body, body completely controlled by the Holy Spirit, 
We won't have any sin, but we will be fully human, right? So our God recognizes there is a distinction between our sin and us. And he speaks words of love to us, that the Son of Man did not come to destroy us. He came to destroy sin, but he didn't come to destroy us. He came to save us by taking all that guilt and sin upon himself, right? And then he speaks words of power. The crowd recognized it that day. He gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. that Jesus had the power over that, that thing that possessed this man and said, I can have the power to rescue you from that. It is not hopeless. Isn't that part of the noise that you hear too? Not only you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed. Guilty, 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 guilty. But also, it's hopeless, it's hopeless, it's hopeless. You will never, ever change. That's what the evil angels want us to believe. The reality is the God-man has stepped into our lives too. And he has the power over that sin within us. And it's never hopeless when the power of our God is working in us. When Jesus as the man who was truly God stepped into that synagogue and spoke with divine authority, he changed everything for that man who was possessed by an impure spirit. I want to remind you that you and I can have that exact same experience. That the same God-man wants to step into this room wherever you are, whether it's MKE worshiping online someplace or right here uh, in Muskego. The Savior wants to step in and speak words of love and power to each one of us. And that, that's, nowhere is that clearer than in the sacrament. Now we have the Lord's Supper every Sunday morning before our worship services here. Every Sunday morning I would invite you to come half an hour early And here that Jesus wants to give us in that bread and wine, his body and blood, and he calls that the blood of the new covenant, right? So what is that new covenant? What Jeremiah tells us, the new covenant consists of four promises. He says, I will put my law in their minds, I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people Never again will a man say to his brother or a man to his neighbor, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. 
I invite us to claim this new covenant, this new solemn oath that Jesus wants to speak into each one of our hearts in a very special way in the sacrament. That as you taste that wine and know that Jesus' blood is there in that wine because he promised, this is my blood, that you claim this new covenant, that you hear him speak with authority to you personally and say, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. What are the sins that the devil uses? The impure spirits that are trying to control your life. What are those sins that are constantly being thrown back in your face? That you can never forget. Listen to the Messiah speak to you with words of authority. I will remember your sins no more. I have let them go because I shed my blood for you. They are forgiven. Let them go. And watch them float on by the river of God's grace and fall over the falls. Bloop, it's gone, right? Let it go. Let it go. Claim this powerful word of love. I will be their God and they will be my people. The, the devil wants you to think you are lost and hopeless. God wants us to walk out of here with this confidence. I am not a sinner but a saint in God's sight. I am not a loser. I am one of God's own. He claims me as his, as his very own. This is my new identity. And after you hear that those words of love, forgiveness, and a new identity, then claim these words of power in the new covenant. I will, for, will write my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I'll change the way you think. You know, the, that the commands of God aren't something that thunder down from above that I have to obey, but there's something that God has put within us that God's desire is my desire and your desire. He'll change the way we think. How can he possibly change the way he thinks? Because he speaks with divine authority, right? He can change the way we think. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And then he will change us and the way we act. They will know me. They will acknowledge me. I think word that word is better than know. Acknowledge has the idea of by the way you live, you will show that you are God's own. They will all acknowledge me from the least of them to the greatest. When you and I claim this new covenant, when you and I believe this word of divine authority, we have this promise that he is going to change us. It's not hopeless. You know, uh, I was talking with a dear sister in Christ uh, as I was talking to her about this text, and, and she said, oh, no, now it's all on me. And it's like, no, no, no. Don't walk out of here thinking it's all on you. No, it's all on the, the Savior who walked into Capernaum, who has walked into your life today and said, 
I will work powerfully in you. I will enable you to make those daily decisions so that more and more you reflect my image. Let Jesus' words cut through all the noise the accusations in our heads and, and what other people might be thinking and saying about us, let it cut through the noise. You are loved, forgiven, claimed as God's own, and he is working powerfully in you because he speaks with authority. You know, we talked about that word authority. What, what does it mean that, oh, did Jesus, did Jesus have a special style of preaching? That, wow, you preach better than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know. Uh, or is it, he talks loud, or is he talk soft? What is it? What is his authority? And, and as a group, we said, no, 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 it's not style. It's content. That Jesus would speak with authority because he knew exactly how God felt about the people who were standing in front of him. And what's fascinating is this is the authority that our God has entrusted to us. that we too can speak with authority. That our lives are a testimony of God's power within us. You know, when, when people flock to hear Jesus, I, I don't think it was only because they, they heard him, they also saw him, they saw God's power at work in Jesus. And we've just been reminded that, that God's power is at work within us. And I'm not saying that we're, we're, we're going to cast out demons and, and raise the dead. But people can see God's power at work within us, and they need to see that. This past Friday, I, I was just cut to the heart. You see, I went to visit somebody who was dying. That wasn't the tough part. The tough part was when I was driving away and I turned on the talk radio and the host was mentioning that there is some new survey out that says that 28% of uh, the population in the United States are nuns, that they have no religious affiliation, that, that they are a secular, agnostic, you know, atheist, 28%. And then the host was receiving phone calls and texts, and I mean, it was vicious. People had been hurt by the church, hurt by Christians. There was hatred in those texts and in those words. But you and I know, that you and I can see a distinction, right? Just like Jesus did in us. Okay, I see the sin. But those people who were saying hateful words, they're people that Jesus died for, right? They're a sinner just like me. And I, I want them to, to hear the word from my Savior, but before they hear that, they'll have to see something. So this is my prayer as we take on the, the role of being fishers of men, right? Lord, change me.
work powerfully in me just as you have promised. Change the way I think, change the way I act, so that more and more I'm shaped into your image, so that more and more the the fruit of the Spirit just kind of oozes out of me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, right? Lord, change me so that, that people see that you are at work within me to break down some of the, that, that, that bitterness and hatred that they see your power at, in, it, in me and maybe an ear will be opened. And then you've given us the authority to, to be a testimony of your love. that Jesus sees beyond the sin and he sees the individual for whom he was willing to go to the cross and die for. That he offers no matter who it is that we're interacting with a new identity, right? And hope. You see, we're not the only ones who struggle with, with all the noise that's going on in our heads and the, and the noise that's going on in the world around us. Everybody we interact with has their own noise. But you and I have that same divine authority from Jesus himself to cut through the noise, to offer forgiveness, a new identity, a new way of thinking, a new way of living, and a life that will never end. You see, when, when Jesus cuts through the noise, it's easy to go through to a, a person's deathbed. It's, it's hard to see the family suffer, but the life that he enjoyed in this life with his Savior, <laughs> it'll continue. And isn't that what we want for every person around us too, right? So I'd ask you to please stand and let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into this place and speaking your words of authority, divine authority, to rescue us, to free us from from the sin that, that tries to possess us. Continue to work powerfully in each one of us. Help us to hear, not just in worship like this, but in our daily lives. Help each one of us to find that, that time where we just pause and listen to your powerful word that reminds us who we are, that we're forgiven, that that empowers us. But we're not praying just for us and for for our strength. We're praying for all the people around us, the people in our area of influence, as we say, who, who are possessed by the same powerful sin that we are and who need rescue just like us. So Lord, use us. 
to share that divine authority that says to the, the evil spirits, be quiet, come out of him. It gives hope and life. <laughs> Lord Jesus, this is your church. You know, you, you've miraculously brought some, some amazing people into our family. You know, the, the, the kind of talented people that are standing behind me right now. The, the talented people that I get to sit around with and just talk about God's word with. The, the called workers, the hired workers, the volunteers who serve here at St. Paul's and the bridge. Oh, we can never thank you enough for that generosity. All of this we ask in Jesus' name. And in his name we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. See, the sun is shining on you right now. Make his face, his smiling face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. God's people say, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.